0: I have a message for
1: you today that I'm kind of excited about. Actually, this is something that—that's <laughs> not to imply that I'm usually not excited about my message. Okay, <laughs> that didn't come—that didn't come across very well. Just—just just rewind the YouTube. Let's start that part over again. Okay, thank you again. I'm just kidding. Uh, and so, uh, I, I'm the reason though I'm excited. is I feel like today's message is like a puzzle, and it's perhaps more of a teaching than a than a preaching. But it's it, this is a. This is a puzzle where one thing kind of leads to another, leads to another, and, and I think that the way, this, the way that the Lord has given me the message for you today is this puzzle starts out very simple, in fact, so simple that if you were already a follower of Messiah, you'll, you'll think to yourself, wow, I, I know that, I learned that a long, long time ago. But just stay with me because this builds on each other. But in order to see the full pattern of it, you have to start with the foundation of it. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, please, in the Torah. I've got a lot of scripture for you today. Deuteronomy chapter 6 from the Torah. And, uh, and hopefully it will be familiar to you. Hopefully you've heard it once or twice before. Dr. Susan's heard it. Uh, in fact, uh, she, along with a number of other people, uh, chanted it with me in Yeshua's synagogue in Capernaum, uh, right by the Kinneret, the Sea of Galilee, uh, which was just an amazing thing. It, truly one of the synagogues that Yeshua was in uh, on one of our trips to Israel. I'm going again this October. There's still time if you'd like to join me. But Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says this Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema, Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Shema Here Here Shema It's the watchword of Israel. Any any Jewish person knows it's 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 with your dying breath what they utter is the Shema. It's so important and seminal to who we are as a people, and really as a people, I, I say even bigger that. I want to share with you today about a topic that you surely know about if you're even a a relatively new believer in Messiah. But we're going to look at its connection to something ancient and very Jewish in context. We're going to be unlocking today, and it's so interesting how it just came together. and, And as I saw it all connect, wow, it just spoke to me. But you really got to tune in and stay with me because it's uh, unlocking an ancient mystery from the Tanakh, an angle on this that's rarely evaluated. We're going to be looking at the links, the links between a few key spiritual terms that are uh, inextricably linked and tied together. But first, it's important to back up and gain some context. And so let's look at this story from Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to hear part of this story that's going on Uh, when Yeshua was walking around. So let's go here and let's really start digging deep. We're going to dig deep today and examine a few things. And I want you to follow me. And it's really a cool connection once it's all put together in the end. But you got to get the beginning to understand it. Matthew 21, Yeshua is on his way back to Jerusalem. He had been to Jerusalem. He left Jerusalem. Going back to Jerusalem at this point, he's hungry And he's just walking around. What follows opens the door to a critically important spiritual attribute that if we learn about it and weigh into it, it can be life-changing for us. But we really have to understand it in all its full context and beauty. Verse 18. Now early in the morning, as he, being Yeshua, was returning to the city, he became hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came up to it and found nothing on it except leaves only, no figs. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree shriveled up at once. When the disciples saw it, they were astonished. How did the fig tree shrivel on the spot, they asked? Ah, Yeshua answered them, amen, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, if you have faith and do not doubt, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only will you do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, trusting, you shall receive. Wow, boy, that's a powerful story. Man, that's intense. That's a powerful story, no doubt about it. Yeshua tells us that if we have faith, if we have faith and do not doubt, then even seemingly impossible things will be possible. You think about that and its ramifications to move a mountain even. To move a mountain, wow. But you know, I'd suggest something. I'd suggest people, people think about this and, and moving a mountain and, and obviously it's primarily symbolic. But even, even as such, I think that oftentimes mountain-moving faith is not nearly as, wait for it, as shallow as many people make it out to be. When you talk about mountain-moving faith, faith. A lot of things come to mind for people who've been in a faith walk for a long time, but I would present to you that what we think about when we think about mountain moving faith is something that is actually only in the shallow level of what it really means that it actually goes much deeper, deeper, much, much deeper, in fact, much more profound than the way it's commonly used. The way people come, and even even people who speak about the topic, commonly will will, will use this scripture to talk about faith on on a certain level, which I'm not invalidating. It it has value even in that shallow level, but I'm telling you, there's something even deeper. We're going to dig into that today to find out, this, this deeper meaning. Of course, faith is a key substance because it says we have to faith, have to have faith and not doubt. We have to examine this, this, this key substance here that's called faith, and we must evaluate faith, Hebrews chapter 11. What is faith? Well, you know Hebrews chapter 11 is known in believing circles as the faith chapter. The whole chapter goes through people throughout history in the scriptures, who had great faith. So it's known as the faith chapter, and, and, it, and it's intended to demonstrate the power, efficacy, and importance of faith. And, and, and truth be told, it's, it is powerful for that purpose. And it emphasizes to us the necessity of faith in our lives. But before we examine if it's important or not, because we get hints of it as we just read in Matthew chapter 21. First, we got to find out what exactly is faith that's, that's almost defined, if you will, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. Okay, so putting that in more modern day English, it's believing. Faith is believing without necessarily seeing believing without actually seeing, if you will. So I have faith that there is the wind, is a very common way to to look at this. I I have faith that there is the wind, although I do not see the wind directly, right? I see the effect that the wind has on things, like the trees, the leaves, the bushes, etc., windmills. Yet although I do not actually see wind I believe that it exists. I have faith that it exists. Now, maybe that's a little bit easier because we can see its effects so clearly, but there are other things also. I believe in cells, (laughs) okay? I believe in oxygen. I believe in love, even though I do not see them, if you will. I have faith, faith believing even though we don't necessarily see. This is is the part of the substance of what faith is about. Now, beloved, I again ask you, is faith important? Is faith important in our lives, in our walks, in our our daily routine, in our spiritual walk especially? Is faith really that important? Oh, yes. Verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. How important? Well, this important. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Oh, brother and sister, this is something that is, the plot thickens, if you will, the plot thickens. Faith is of critical importance. Faith is key, even See, this scripture further clarifies not only faith is important, faith is important, faith is useful, faith is nice to have. No, 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 it's more than that. Without it, it's actually impossible to please God. That's foundational, UL, right? That's foundational. Boy, I got two ULs right here one here, one. Run on one row, th- row one and row three. yo Yoel, Yoel. Wrong holiday. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Without faith. Oh, I got a thumbs down over here. Thumbs down. They they, they rated me thumbs down. Please don't click off the YouTube stream. Okay. (laughs) Without faith, it's actually impossible to please God. God rewards us if we seek him and believe that he exists. So with this, faith moves from a Nice to have to a must have. We must have faith because all of us want to please God. If you want to please God, say amen. Amen. Okay, good. Do you say amen too at home? I hope so. All of us want to please God. Well, if we want to please God, we have to have faith. It's so interesting because there are a number of reasons why people don't believe in God. You know, there's some people who don't believe in God. And there are a number of reasons for that. Some people are angry because of something that happened in their life. And they believe that if God existed, he would not have allowed it. So they're angry. Some people are just simply very self-centered and don't wish to change their lives to follow an objective moral code and prefer for, to determine themselves what is right and wrong. I think I will be the determiner of what's right and wrong. Okay, placing themselves as God. And some people, feel, some people feel that they lack the empirical data to believe with certainty of God's existence. You've probably met people in all these different kind of categories over the years. I know, I mean, I, I have, as many of you know, degrees from the two top universities in Georgia and was oftentimes surrounded by intellectuals all the time. And friends... You have to understand there's a plethora of hard evidence for the existence of God. And any good apologist would give you data beyond a reasonable doubt. No question. There's so much evidence if you actually dig into it and you look at it. You will find it if you look for it. So much evidence of God and that Yeshua is the Messiah. But at the same time, at the end of the end of the day, there comes a point where everyone has to take that step of faith and believe even though they don't see. We can narrow that, that chasm, right, with with evidence. But the nature of God is such that he requires us to believe without seeing. So, so, so in other words... The the, the step that you have to take, you can narrow with, with evidence, if you dig into it, with hard evidence of the truth of the Bible, of the truth of God's existence, of the truth of Yeshua being the Messiah. You can narrow that chasm. You can narrow it through incredible, hard evidence, extremely, right, so that it actually... It takes, it takes more to believe that there's not a God than there is a God, okay? But nonetheless, at the end of the day, at the end, of the end of the day, there is some still chasm that you have to take a step of faith because you, most of you, most of us have not physically seen God and God hasn't physically spoken to you and said, hey, I'm God. <laughs> I don't think that's how he would approach things, <laughs> Although with Moses, no, he told him to take off his sandals. Okay, uh, in any case, there, there's that, no matter who you are, there's that step of faith that you have to take. That's why faith is required if you want to please God. He wants to build your trust in him. Taking that step shows a level of trust, a trust in the Almighty. And faith is critical. But faith is not important only to believe in the first place. No, my friends, it's also important once we believe. Once we believe in the Messiah, once we believe in the truth and the veracity of the scriptures. Because as we grow in our spiritual walks, the more faith we have, the more we eviscerate doubt and our spiritual walk and our spiritual authority grows. In other words, the stronger our walk will get. You know, it's like a continuum as we read about from the scripture, faith versus doubt. It's like, it's like a continuum here. And the greater your faith, the less your doubt. The more you doubt, the less your faith. You see the continuum. And so we have to continue to grow and build our faith more and more so that the doubt gets less and less. Because the further on the faith side you are, the more you will see the fullness of the plan of God. Because the little things that get in the way will not distract you as much as they would if you had lots of doubts. If you have faith and if you build that faith, then these other things that come up, they'll just be like, okay, all right, it's okay. I trust in God. I'm not going to be phased by this. I'm not going to be phased by that because I trust in God. I have faith. You see? You see how you will see God's bigger picture no matter what is going on. Now, importantly, my friends, this is not to say that you use faith like a magic potion. This is the way some people on TV will act, as if you use faith like some kind of a magic potion, Having faith doesn't mean that you can will in something that is not in the will of God. And some people misunderstand faith to be this way. Some people think that if something bad happens, it is necessarily because of a lack of faith. but, But that is not the way it works. Why? Well, first of all, Other people can thwart the will of God. It happens all the time. Have you turned on the TV? Oftentimes, humanity thwarts the will of God. God's desire and will, the scripture says, is for no one to perish. That's his will. But yet we know it happens all the time. Secondly, if you have faith, if you have faith for something that God does not want, then more often than not, it does not happen. <laughs> you know, people have faith sometimes. Well, I have faith in the And God's like, Mm-mm, I don't think so. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> I do not believe that I, <laughs> that was my idea. Hebrews chapter 11, getting back to Hebrews chapter 11, this is very interesting. And this is further evidence and proof that having faith alone does not mean that things are always going to just go hunky-dory and always going to be perfect. They are not. But you see, the deeper you go in faith, the more that doesn't matter. Oh, I told you we were going to go deep here today. We're going to be going even deeper. How do I know this? Hebrews 11, the whole chapter, talks about the heroes of faith, about how all these people had this just, Unbelievable. The greatest faith of all time. It's like it's an all-star team of faith if you read the chapter. But yet, what does it say towards the end of the chapter about some of these great people of faith? It says this, verse 37. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were murdered with the sword. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins. They were destitute, afflicted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered around in deserts and mountains, caves and holes in the ground, and all these, though commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us, so that only with us would they reach perfection. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. So all these people were of great faith, but they didn't receive the fullness They didn't receive the fullness, even with their great faith. But did them not receiving the fullness, did that diminish their faith in what God did through them any? No, it did not. God still did through them everything he wanted to do through them, or most everything. And they had great faith that changed things. But yet there's the bigger picture that's being explained here you'll find that the deeper a person of faith you are, the more frequently you see the will of God in large brush strokes. The more you have faith, the more you see the will of God in large brush strokes. It's trusting in God regardless of the situation or circumstances. It's not always having faith. It's not about having faith that God will deliver you from a situation. It's having faith that God will deliver you through a situation. See, that's trusting in God for the big picture. At the same time, praying and believing in faith changes things, we know that. Because sometimes God seeks to work in partnership with us and to see what we do. Sometimes he wants to know what we will do before he does what he will do. Hello? Sometimes God will bring things to you if you have faith, but not bring things to you if you don't have faith. See, that, that's the key, to believe without doubt to believe without doubt, but at the same time have enough trust in God that even if it doesn't happen in the way that you think or even pray that it will, you still trust in him. This is part of what true faith is all about. Romans chapter 10. Okay, we're going to continue now to build more of the story, to build more of, of this of this map, to build more of this puzzle and to put it all together. So if faith is important and if faith is critical, then how do you get it, right? Leah, we want to get it. If, if it is so important, if it can change things, if it's of such importance that you see the big picture and you see the will of God more, well, how do you get more faith? I'm so glad you asked. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, so faith Ooh, now you got to follow me. There's a lot of detail that I want to walk you through here, and this is all going to come together. Ooh, boy, it's a full circle thing. It's really neat. It, It just spoke to me. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Messiah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the word of Messiah. Very powerful. Hearing, hearing, hearing. There's something about hearing and hearing the word that produces faith. There's something about hearing the words of God that produce faith. This, my friends, is why the word is so important and the words of Messiah specifically. We have to hear the word, my friend. If you want your faith to grow, you've got to get into the word. The words of the Lord are faith building. But you can't just hear James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Oh, I'm building out this this, this whole formula. It reminds me of a a chemical formula. My son just finished chemistry, advanced college chemistry 2. And it was hard. <laughs> it reminds me of these, okay, you had it too, didn't you? You, you know, you got these uh, chemical equations. Some of them are very long, you gotta balance the equations, and wow, that's some complicated stuff. It's like one of these equations here, if you follow me. James 1 verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. Ah, skipping down to verse 25. But the one who looks intently into the perfect Torah, the Torah that gives freedom and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he shall be blessed in what he does. Oh, yes, Achim v'achayo, brothers and sisters, we have to hear. Yes, we have to hear. And that produces faith. But faith without works is dead. So we have to not only hear, but we have to do what the word says. This is part of that formula. We can't just hear. Hearing alone is going to build our faith, but it's not just for its sake in and of itself. It's so that we have to do it. We have to do it. Not just have faith, but we have to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Okay, so follow me on this. Faith, right? We're, we're, We're building this faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith comes by hearing. Hearing is key. And hearing comes through the word of Messiah. But we must be doers and not just hearers. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Messiah... Well, let's listen and examine what the words of Messiah are when it comes to the most important thing. Because if faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Messiah, then let's see what Messiah says is the most important word. Because whatever that is, is going to be the greatest faith imparter. Get ready. This is good. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. (laughs) This is amazing how it all circles back. Mark chapter 12 verse 28 says this. One of the Torah scholars came and heard them debating. Seeing that Yeshua had answered them well, he asked him, he asked Yeshua the question, which commandment is first of all? Which commandment is the greatest? what's number one? What's the most important commandment? Verse 29, Yeshua answered, the first is, <laughs> Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Mm. So Yeshua says that the most important commandment is the Shema, which we read earlier, which any good Jewish kid is taught when they're a kid, as Yeshua was. And what does the Shema start with? It starts with the word Shema, which means hear, hear, or listen, right? Remember, faith cometh by hearing, by hearing. And as you hear that the Lord is one, your faith begins to build. And if you hear the words of the Lord as to what is most important, it's to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. So really, my friends... The greatest faith is not to claim a Lamborghini. (laughs) People have this total misconception of faith. Well, if I say this mountain be removed, I I say in faith, I claimeth a Lamborghini. Orange. (laughs) Even the color. You see people claiming things in faith all the time like this. And listen, I'm not saying that there's not some place to be claiming things in faith on on that level, although not necessarily Lamborghini, but, but that totally misses the depth of it. On the deepest level, faith is not about getting what you want. The most profound purpose of faith is to love. If you follow the math, the most important purpose of faith is to love, to love God and love each other. Follow me as we get ready to close. To please God, you must have faith. To have faith, you must hear. To hear, you need the word of Messiah. But when you hear the word of Messiah, you must do it. And the most important word of Messiah is to hear and then to love. This is what true faith is all about. This is the deepest kind of faith. The title of my message is Mountain Moving Faith. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody who's here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If you've never committed your life to God, boy, nothing could be better than to do that. That is the important and most important first step of faith. So if you're here and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you'd like to, raise your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. If you've never committed your life to Yeshua, but you want to, hey, you got to take a step of faith to do it. Is there anyone who's never done so before, but wants to? Raise your hand if that's you. And if you're watching online or listening on the podcast and you've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. Repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, God. I'll serve you the rest of my days, Lord, as you forgive me of my sins. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email or Let us know that you made that decision. But for everybody else, I just want to pray. And in fact, uh, musicians, I'd love for you to actually sing that song, the the, the first song that you did, Shema Yisrael. Uh, I know it's a fast song, but but in just a minute, I want you to to cue up Shema Yisrael. Uh, It's so interesting that you guys had that as your first praise song. They didn't know what my message was about because it all connects back to the Shema. It all connects back to the Shema. You can't understand faith without the Shema from Deuteronomy 6. So I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that your faith is built. For some of you today, ooh, you need your faith built. I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you that the Lord can help you. And I would encourage you to look at that big picture and to trust in God. Don't doubt, have faith in him. He's going to take care of you. He's going to handle things. He's got the big picture in mind. Things don't always go the way that we think that they should or that we hope that they should. But nonetheless, God is in control in the big picture. He is the one who has authored time. Mm, the whole world is in his hands. And so I want to encourage you, have faith. And have faith means that you have faith in God you will love one another more and you will love him more. Oh Lord, let our faith be built so that we love you more. Let our faith be built so that we love you more. Let our faith be built so that we love each other more. And so Lord, we wanna hear, we wanna hear your words. We wanna shema, we wanna shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad.
0: If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Beth El family, please visit our website at www.bethhallel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the Metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.